You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go, a podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. I've been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. I want to tell you a story. Actually, I want to tell you a few stories about people who, using their minds even a little differently from the way in which the normal crazy mind operates, have changed their experience of their lives or perhaps changed their lives completely. I got an email from somebody last week. I don't know who this person is. I think she listens to me either on my podcast, this podcast, or on Facebook Live. And she said that listening to me and doing the little exercises that I give out from time to time, in other words, little meditations that I give out, particularly with my regular free training, she said listening to me had greatly enhanced her experience of everyday life because she had been suffering from a lot of pain. She said, now I do know that eventually I will end up in a wheelchair. I actually replied to her and said, well, you will if you think that way. And before I get into stories of people who do think a different way and have changed in particular their physical condition, because that's what I want to focus on in this particular episode, let me read a Facebook comment that I got from somebody in January 2020. Don't know this person. The comment was, my name is, I know what her name is, but we will preserve her anonymity, so to speak. She said, my name is X. I suffer from severe rheumatoid arthritis. Very bad. For a year, couldn't even walk. Now, listening to you for a couple of months, I walk my local park every day for an hour. The fact of the matter is that what we think, or more particularly, how we think, transmits itself throughout every single cell of our bodies. How our energy is impacted by how we think affects all our super strings of energy, affects the way energy flows through our body, or indeed blocks the flow of energy through our bodies if we're not thinking the right way. How other people's behavior affects us has a similar impact on not just our minds and our behaviors and our emotional state, but actually the state of our own bodies. Many years ago, when I still lived in Ireland, I had a client who I knew, first of all, through playing tennis in our local tennis club. And then he did my, what was at the time, three-day workshop. On the second day of that three-day workshop, He went home to his wife of 23 years, packed a little bag and told her he was leaving, that she was bad for him. And undoubtedly as a result of that, he was no doubt bad for her. And this would be for the best for both of them. He simply walked out. A couple of months beforehand, and I didn't know this at the time, in the tennis club, This guy, we'll call him John. John 
suffered an episode in the showers after a game of tennis. And if his friends weren't there with him that night and knew what was going on because he had a life-threatening incurable kidney disease, he would have died. But they knew exactly what to do and they called an ambulance and he survived, lived to tell the tale, so to speak. I talked to him a couple of months after that three-day workshop and asked him, how were things? Were things actually working out? He said, things are working out in a way that I could never have anticipated. And he explained to me that about three months after meeting his wife, so that would be over a quarter of a century earlier, he had developed this incurable kidney disease. And three months after leaving her, he had been cured of the apparently incurable kidney disease. The dynamic of the flawed energy between them was such that it was actually impacting his health. Now, we, we actually all know this already for the simple reason that if you're in a relationship where you're constantly upset or constantly on edge, you're going to feel it in your gut. You're going to feel butterflies in your stomach. As we talked about a couple of weeks ago, people get physically ill as a result of the disruption of the di their digestive system caused by the stress that is going on in their minds, very often caused by those closest to us. The fact of the matter is that the old expression that it's mind over matter is actually proved again and again and again through, first of all, anecdotal evidence, and I have loads of anecdotal evidence, and that's why, as I said at the start of today's podcast episode, I want to tell you some stories. But it is proved again and again and again through modern scientific research. We've talked about it before in relation to how getting control of your own state of mind enables you control the flow of energy through your body, frees up your body as well as your mind and changes the way your whole system works. And your life depends upon it. i give you another example. Somebody who bought the online program. And before I go any further, by the way, the two examples that I gave you earlier on of the lady suffering from rheumatoid arthritis and the other person who had said that her meditating was greatly helping her. They are not clients of mine. They are, to quote another person who emailed me a few weeks ago, people who have never paid me a penny. I, these are people who just listen to me. These are people who, as a result of doing something, as a result of hearing this message, are changing their lives. The doing something is clearing your mind, allowing it settle, allowing your mind spring clean itself. And I've chosen those words very carefully, allowing your mind settle so that in effect, everything in your life settles. As an aside, the number of people who have said to me over the years as clients or as program owners who have said to me, you know, I thought I wanted this, that, or the other. I thought I wanted this kind of life, that kind of life. It's actually dawned on me that the key thing that will give me everything that I want out of life is peace of mind. Once I have peace of mind, everything flows. Once I am carefree, everything flows. And of course, having peace of mind and being carefree is simply a choice that you make. And the choice that you make, say, 
for example, to choose being carefree is facilitated by you then making the choice to meditate, because that is what will allow your mind and body and energy settle. I got an email a couple of weeks ago from uh, an online program owner who bought the online program on the 3rd of April this year. So she owns it less than two months at this stage. In January, she was diagnosed with a particular heart problem whereby every second beat was a flutter and she was told that she would need a surgical procedure basically as soon as possible. Six weeks after buying the online program, so we're in the middle of May, she went for her pre-surgical examination with her cardiovascular consultant. They did all the tests to prepare her for the surgery, checking everything, and they discovered that the condition had completely gone. Her consultant asked her, and I quote, how have you cured yourself? And she told him, and he said, okay, I get that, I understand that, completely cured. It's a little like, or sorry, it's a lot like, because all these stories actually merge into one key message. But one particular guy that I know who bought the online program last May, so it's 13 months ago at this stage, before I met him, he had had open heart surgery because he was basically going to fall over and die without that surgery. This surgery took place in the summer of 2020. And after that, he joined a group of people who had had similar surgery, who were being facilitated by a dietitian to enable them adopt a new lifestyle so that they would get their LDL cholesterol down from the enormous highs that they had been at down to maybe 2, 2.5 or 3. He told me that he sat down with this group of people virtually at the time because we were still in lockdown, middle of 2020. And the whole group laughed at the idea of dropping their cholesterol so much. My friend in question had a, an LDL reading of nearly six at the time. And he was laughing at the idea, as I said, that he could get it down below three. He bought the online program and started meditating. And he actually told me that he was meditating daily because his life depended upon it. I'll come back to that in a minute. He got his bloods done a couple of months into his meditation and his cardiovascular consultant said to him, can I have some of what you're taking? He said, because I don't know how you've done it. He said, your LDL cholesterol is down at 1.8. And again, my friend told him, I'm meditating. I'm taking a particular course of action to ensure that my mind and body are coherent and synchronized, that both are looking after each other. Now, in this case, the cardiovascular consultant in question had a little more jaundiced view of meditation. Obviously, you're bound to get a mixed bag of reactions, particularly from medical people, particularly from people who have made their life out of, you know, 
prescribing pills or cutting people up, you will get a variety of views in relation to the ability that we have ourselves to look after ourselves and ultimately cure ourselves. It is really a matter of mind over matter. And whilst I'm talking of jaundiced opinions in relation to meditation, I need to quote a client of mine who is a meditator, whose wife is a hospital consultant. I was talking to him about another client that I had many, many years ago when I was still doing the three-day workshop in Dublin. And on the third afternoon of the three-day workshop in those days, I would allow each of the people the time to individually write their own perfect moment. Now, if you've been listening to these podcasts over the last year or year and a half, you will know exactly what I mean in relation to handwriting a perfect moment that you would love to have in your life as if you are already fully experiencing it. So I asked, the, there were five people on that workshop and each of them went to their own little desks and hand wrote for a few minutes. Then they would put their perfect moment in an envelope that they would address to themselves. And I would take the envelopes back to France and post them back to the individuals who had been on the workshop when the feeling took me. It might be six weeks later, it might be 12 weeks later, it could be six months later sometimes. Interestingly enough, as an aside, most of the people who received that letter in the way in which I did it in those days, told me that they had received the letter on the day that something significant had happened in their lives. And in a number of cases, on the day, the actual perfect moment that they had written had actually come to pass. That's not what I want to talk about in this particular case. What I want to talk about is this lady who hand wrote her perfect moment in a beautiful hand, put it in an envelope and addressed it perfectly. And as she sealed the envelope, she started to cry. And I asked her, why the tears? Now, I'm used to tears, sometimes tears of horror, sometimes tears of joy, mostly tears of joy, but sometimes tears of realization that, oh, what have I done with my past? Which, of course, is useless tears, because what matters is that you've turned up to the here and now when you eventually do turn up to the here and now. But anyway, I asked this lady, why the tears? And she said, I've written this letter. It took me about 10 minutes to write it. And as you can see from the way I've addressed the envelope, I have beautiful handwriting. I said, yes. And she said, but I have Parkinson's disease and I haven't been able to put pen to paper for three years. And that's why she was crying. I told this to my client friend of mine who worked in the pharmaceutical industry, whose wife was a hospital consultant, and I said, effectively, she went into remission for the following three years from Parkinson's disease. And he laughed at me and he said, ah, everybody knows there's no such thing as remission when it comes to Parkinson's disease. Nobody told the lady in question that. She is still alive and well and living to tell the tale. And indeed, anybody even faced with a terminal diagnosis will be alive and well and willing to tell the tale if something is exciting enough to keep their mind activated enough to ensure that their body is well enough to achieve whatever would excite them. Again, and I'm going way back to one of my very first workshops in Dublin many years ago. 
I was telling a story about somebody who had set their mind to achieve something despite the fact that they had had some diagnosis. I actually can't remember the story, but what I remember is what happened next. Because as I was telling the story, again to a group of maybe six people, one of the girls in the group started crying. And again, I said to her, well, first of all, she apologized. I said, there's no need to apologize at all here, but why the tears? And she told the group the following story. She said, when I was 16, my father was diagnosed with lung cancer and he was told he had six months to live. And of course, all of us went into a decline, went into a frenzy. And he took me aside one evening after the diagnosis and said to me, Mary, we call her Mary, Mary, don't you worry and don't let your expectation that I'm going to die affect either you or I. I will promise you now that I will walk you up the aisle on your wedding day. She was 16 at the time. She didn't even have a boyfriend. At 23 years of age, in other words, six and a half years after he was told he would be dead, he walked her up the aisle on her wedding day. A beautiful day was had by all. They went to the wedding reception afterwards. He stood up and made his father of the bride speech, sat down in his chair at the top table, closed his eyes and passed away. He had achieved that to which he had set his mind. This is the power that we have within. This is the power that we have between our own two ears to look after ourselves, not just in terms of the way in which we use our minds to behave ourselves during the course of the cut and thrust of our everyday lives, but in terms of how that state of mind impacts the very energy of which we are composed, the energy that makes up our cells and molecules, the energy that either flows in our bodies if our minds are settled or is blocked in our body as a result of our minds not being properly under our own control. Modern science, modern medicine knows that the vast majority of cardiovascular incidents are as a result of stress. Modern science knows that the vast majority of cancers are as a result of stress. I have one particular client who I never met before. He rang me out of the blue a couple of years ago. He got my telephone number from a friend and said to me, I need to talk to you because I have to have my colon removed because I've been told I have colon cancer as a result of stress. There you are, as a result of stress. The fact of the matter is that when we get our minds straight, we can achieve anything to which we set our minds, including looking after apparently terminal illnesses. Now, don't get me wrong. I am not saying for one minute that if you are diagnosed, say, with cancer, that you just meditate. You meditate and you do whatever your consultants tell you to do to ensure that you get the proper medical treatment. But ultimately, the treatment that will see you right is the treatment that you give yourself. Why else would John Kabat-Zinn in the University of Massachusetts Medical School be still talking about mindfulness-based stress reduction therapy when it first was thrust upon us in 1989? 
become an accountant. I don't know how many years ago that actually was. Can't do the math. Mindfulness-based stress reduction therapy emanated from a program in the University of Massachusetts Medical School to enable people who had been diagnosed with terminal cancer look after the state of their body through looking after the state of their mind. There are decades of evidence available to us that simply prove to a scientific basis of the stories that I am actually telling you here and now. There are a number of owners of the online program who are suffering from MS, multiple sclerosis. And research in relation to what meditation does for multiple sclerosis sufferers is in its infancy. Let me, let me just go into the science for a split second because it will help you understand the reason why science would actually be looking at this at this moment in time. We know for a fact, and we've discussed this before, that when we meditate, the insulation on the neurons in our brain, myelin, actually thickens. It can thicken by up to 50%. If you could imagine that a neural pathway in the brain, or at least the axon of a neuron, which makes up the neural pathway in the brain, is a little bit like an electric cable. So there's a copper cable running through the middle, which is the axon of the neuron. And around the outside is the plastic sheathing of the electric cable, you know, the blue or the red or the yellow or whatever colors they are. And that is made up of myelin. It's a fatty substance that gives the brain its grayish color. Multiple sclerosis is an autoimmune disease whereby the body mistakenly thinks that the myelin that is sheathing our neural pathways is a foreign body and it starts consuming the myelin. That, that's what MS actually is. That's why various different parts of the cognitive or motor capabilities of MS sufferers gradually break down. And many MS sufferers will have completely different types of symptoms as a result of the way in which the autoimmune disease actually works. But if MS consumes myelin and meditation doubles the thickness of myelin, there's obviously a case for investigating that in detail. And that is in its infancy at this moment in time. But what isn't in its infancy at this moment in time is the manner in which meditation enhances the lifestyle of people suffering from MS. And I have a number of people, as I said, program owners, who are MS sufferers and, quote unquote, one of them has gone into remission. Now, my friend in the pharmaceutical industry might say, oh, there's no such thing as remission for MS sufferers either. I don't know, and I don't care. And neither indeed does the person who wrote to me in relation to that. I've also been asked, by the way, whether looking after your state of mind can have an impact on motor neuron disease. Now, obviously, motor neuron disease is, as things stand, an incurable and terminal condition. But I do have a client who, the week he retired, his wife was diagnosed with motor neuron disease. And she was told she had between 12 and 18 months to live. Now she lived for considerably longer than that. And right up to a couple of days before she died, the two of them were out walking, having fun every single day. As he said to me, the meditations that you gave us, the mindful approach that we took to every day, which was a joy to spend together, totally changed 
our experience of the last three years of my lovely wife's life and our life together. The moral of the story is very simple. You have an enormous power within you. We focused today in this episode on what that power means for your own physical well-being. We have focused in other episodes on what that power means for you achieving the kind of life that you would want to achieve. But the old expression is a very important expression. Your health is your wealth. And it really doesn't matter what you want out of life if you don't have your health. And therefore, when I explain to people how they need to set their mind to achieve the kind of life they would love to achieve, they set it on the understanding that everything good will happen to them or should I actually say, happen for them, and ultimately what is best will lead them forward in the life that they would love to live. And that obviously, it goes without saying, it doesn't even need to be said, that the life you would love to live will obviously come with it, all the health that you need to enjoy every single moment. And that is what we need to do as people living our lives to the full. We need to live every single moment as if we actually mean it, because your life does depend upon it. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit www.willy-port.com.